Hi guys and welcome back to another Right Back at Home podcast. In this episode we're going to be looking at my Premier League predictions of what I think is going to be happening this season and we're going to be previewing the games that are happening this weekend. And to round off this episode we of course have got the five fun facts. So let's get straight into it. I'm going to be doing my predictions a little different than what other people do. I'm going to go from bottom to top instead of top to bottom like a lot of people have. So in 20th place, I reckon it's going to be Luton Town. I think they're just going to go straight back down because I don't think their players are good enough to be able to compete properly in the Premier League. Yes, Kenilworth Road is going to be a hard place to go, but they only play half their games there and it's not necessarily a given that it's going to be half for the Premier League clubs because you think about it they they go to those sort of places in the FA Cup and League Cup when they play lower league opponents so it's not as if it's going to be a whole new scenario for them and I just don't see them having enough quality to be able to compete with the teams in and around them to even push themselves off the bottom of the table I think there's going to be a few surprises in there this season, them beating some big teams, but I just can't see them getting enough wins and gathering enough points to stay up. In 19th, I think it will be Sheffield United. This is because they've lost their two best players, Elliman and Dye and Sanderberg, and they haven't replaced them with any good quality. They relied so heavily on Elliman and Dye last season, and to let him go for only 17 million euros and they let Sandra Berger go to Burnley Burnley yes Burnley who they're going to be competing in the Premier League with I don't really understand that but there you go I just yeah they just haven't replaced them with any quality whatsoever you know signed a player for 4.6 million euros 5.8 million 2.7 it's you know they haven't spent the cash they got from these players or any of the Premier League money that they get for coming up to try and cement their spot so I just see them going straight back down alongside Luton and the team I have in 18th place which is Wolves. I just don't think they have enough talent to keep themselves in the league. They've lost 16 players this transfer window including four players on loan and some of those players include Ruben Neves, Traore, Raul Jimenez. Some of their best players they've had at this club for a very long time have just gone. And they just haven't replaced with anyone. They've done hardly anything in the transfer window except from by Mateus Cuna on a permanent deal from Atletico Madrid. But apart from that, they've done literally nothing. And I think they're going to struggle a lot. Especially now they've just lost their manager and had to bring in Gary O'Neill, who, don't get me wrong, I think is a very good coach, but it seems such a strange timing. Literally, he came in a couple of days ago. He could have had the whole of pre-season to work with the players, embed his ideas, but no, he's got he's had a couple of days. Bear in mind, he does have a bit longer because they don't play till Monday against United Wolves. But still, he has not 
he could have had the whole preseason to work these players and give them a better chance. But no, I think Wolves are going down this year. However, the first team who I don't think are going to go down and end up in 17th is Everton. I think they're just going to scrape it again. They're so jammy how they just managed to hold on right at the end of every season to keep their Premier League status alive. I think it will help this season that they got Sean Dyche, who's very experienced and he's done it with Burnley multiple times. But they're definitely going to struggle as they've lost nine players and they've only signed two. Danjuma on loan from Villarreal. He was on loan at the last bit of the season at Tottenham and didn't impress at all. And Ashley Young, who's 38 years old. Yes, 38. They signed him from Aston Villa on a free. But that just doesn't make much sense, you know. You really need to get some players in to help you because you've lost some. And they're signing a 38-year-old and a winger on loan who didn't impress much for Tottenham when he faced. He couldn't really get in the Tottenham team. And last season, Tottenham did not play well at all. So that kind of shows you the ambition that Everton are going for. It's a bit of a strange one, but I think they're just going to scrape it by the skin of their teeth. Finishing above Everton in 16th will be Nottingham Forest, I think. They've lost a lot of players, which they needed to do after having such a mad transfer window last summer. But they've lost quite a lot of good players, but haven't brought in many at all. Like, the first person at Springstein that they brought in is Anthony Alanga, but he hasn't really done much at United. Yes, he had that short spurt where he was playing really well. You remember he scored against Atletico to help United get through in the Champions League. But he hasn't from then kicked on. So this could be a good chance for him to push on. He could become a very good player for Nottingham Forest. But I think Forest will be fine this season. I feel Morgan Gibbs-White and Brennan Johnson are really going to kick on and start proving their worth and their talent. And yeah, I think Nottingham Forest are going to be fine this season. I don't. I think it's going to be more comfortable than last season, but I still think there's going to be a few ifs and maybes in their season. But overall, I could see Forest being just fine. In 15th, I think it will be Crystal Palace. They've done hardly anything in the transfer window, so that's why I think they're going to be finishing 15th and not be pushing up higher. But they have signed um, Lerma from Bournemouth, who played very well for Bournemouth last season. I do think will be a good signing, but they haven't replaced Zaha. Yes, they have Michael Elise and and Ezerichi Eze, but Zaha was such a key player for them. And if they do lose Elise, which is looking quite likely as Chelsea and Man City are interested in him, this could be quite bad for Crystal Palace. They do have Roy Hodgson, though, who... Is so experienced and everything, but there's only so much magic he can work. And yeah, it could be quite worrying if Crystal Palace lose Alicia as well and don't replace him either. 
I think if they get someone in to replace Zaha, they could finish even higher up the table. But at the moment, I see them finishing 15th. I mean, it's not the greatest place to finish in the Prem, but they're not going down. So I'm supposed they wouldn't be too fussed if they finish there. Finishing above Crystal Palace, I think will be Fulham in 14th place. This is because Pelina is out injured after he dislocated his shoulder in the pre-season game and it is un- unclear for how long he's going to be out and if he's out for an extended period of time it's going to be such a key miss for Fulham because he's what m- makes everything click in the midfield and breaks up attacks. If it wasn't for him, Fulham would have finished a lot, lot lower than what they did last season. And also, they have a striker in Mitrovic, who doesn't actually want to be there. He's made it very clear that he wanted to move to Saudi Arabia, and Fulham didn't let him. And I don't know, I just don't see him giving the same work ethic as he had before, knowing that this club stopped him from getting the move that he wanted. And... Yeah, I think Fulham overachieved a bit last season and I know I just for some reason see them coming 14th out of the rest of the teams in the Premier League. So yeah, in 13th, I think will be Brentford. I think they're going to struggle without Ivan Tony because he's going to be out till January and they haven't brought in a replacement for him. And last season... He got 21 goals and 5 assists for Brentford and he was just crucial for them having such a good season. And to add on to the loss of Ivan Tony, it looks like David Raya is moving to Arsenal and I really think Brentford are going to miss his presence as the goalkeeper because he's a superb goalkeeper. But also his leadership and he commands his back four and gets the best out of his defence. And I think that defence of Brentford's is going to get exposed this season without him. Brentford aren't going to be able to attract another high quality goalkeeper like that, I don't think. Don't get me wrong, they have very, very good recruitment, but... He was very much a very lucky find from Blackburn. And they only signed him for, I think, it was less than £3 million. So he was a great signing for Brentford. But, yeah, I can see why he wants to move on to bigger and better things. Because no offence to Brentford, but Arsenal are a way bigger club. Now then, I think Burnley are going to finish 12th, just above Brentford. This is because... They have a very good but raw manager in Vincent Company, and they play some lovely football. So this is why I think Burnley are going to be a very good team to watch next season. But it's just whether they can now execute that football and have the quality of player to be able to execute it as well as they did in the championship. Because it's one thing playing that sort of football in the championship where the quality, don't get me wrong, the quality in the championship, especially this season, I think is going to be amazing to watch, but it's not the Premier League. And for Burnley to do what they did in the championship, 
in the Premier League, I think it's going to be very, very hard to execute that. But I can still see them having a good season. I think they're going to do well. That's why I feel like they're going to finish 12th. I don't think they're going to get... I think they're just going to miss out on top half. But yeah, Vincent Company's definitely doing things at Burnley and Burnley fans should be very excited. Up next in 11th place is where I think West Ham will finish. They've started to sign players such as Edson Alvarez and have been linked with a move with Harry Maguire, which looks like it's very close to being done. And also James Ward-Prowse has been linked. But it's so strange that they've been starting to do it so late. They sold Declan Rice right near the beginning of the window. And it's taken them all this time to be like, hmm, maybe we do actually need to sign some players because our squad isn't good enough. I also think that they're not got the squad depth to be able to play Thursday, Sunday again and they just all links back to them needing to sign players they've got a massive gap left by Declan Rice and the signing of Edson Alvarez which is the only one that's been confirmed yet is not going to fill that I feel like the Harry Maguire signing is actually going to be quite good for them I think he just couldn't cope with the pressure of playing for Manchester United but he proved it at Leicester that he is a good centre-back so yeah I feel that would be a good one the Ward-Prowse situation also they need him he's an excellent leader and I feel like they just need to get these deals over the line they have the money not only from Declan Rice but also winning the Conference League and they're now going to be in the Europa League this season so they're not short of the money but Lucas Pakatar is an interesting situation for them he's been linked with a move away to Manchester City and if they lose him I feel like West Ham are going to be in big trouble because he looked very good for West Ham towards the back end of the season and really helped them in Europe and I think if they lose him they could be in a bit of trouble West Ham unless they recruit well and replace him but there's nothing to prove that yet as they've only just started to sign players now that doesn't really give me hope for them that they're gonna start recruiting when they get the money in for Paqueta if he leaves up next we're going to be looking at the top half of the table In the 10th position, I think this is where Bournemouth will finish. They have brought in a new manager and Donny Iraoli and he plays some very interesting football. It's possession based with a very high press and not only have they brought in a new manager who I think will work very well for Bournemouth and play some exciting football but They've also made some very exciting signings, such as Hamid Traore from Sassuolo for €25 million, Euros, or Romeo Fev from Lyon for €15 million, Euros, and even Justin Clivert. And if he's anything like his dad, what a signing that will be for €11 million Euros from Roma. And yeah, they've just done some great business, and I'm really excited to see what Bournemouth do this season. They're going to surprise a lot of people, I think. And, yeah, they're going to be... We always get that surprise package. I think this season it's going to be Bournemouth. 
they've done very well in pre-season and looked look good so I don't really see no reason for them not to finish in the top half of the table really I think 10th is like a baseline where I think they would get but I would not be surprised if they finished 8th 9th even maybe 7th and get into Europe but I feel like 10th would be a good season for them overall in ninth place I think it will be Brighton this is because it will be lower than what they finished last season but I don't think they first of all will be used to playing Thursday Sunday repeatedly week in week out and secondly I don't think they have the squad depth to cope with playing week Thursday Sunday week in week out but they do have Joel Pedro and he's looked very good in pre-season and they may have finally at once have signed a striker to be able to convert some of the many 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 chances that they create it's ridiculous the amount of chances that Brighton create they just have not been able to finish it off and hopefully with Joel Pedro now at the club he will be able to sort out that problem but if he becomes injured there will be a bit of a problem there for Brighton as they have sold Dennis Undav and that does only need them with Danny Welbeck who has started many a time for them. He's not getting any younger and just doesn't seem to be the prolific goal scorer that he once was because he at one point was a very, very good striker. But I mean, night for Brighton, it still isn't too bad because considering where the Premier League is at now there's so many strong teams yeah I think ninth it won't be the greatest season for Brighton but I could see them doing quite well in Europe being like the surprise person in Europe and especially if they get far in Europe yeah they will struggle to balance both like West Ham found out last season now then in eighth and just missing out on European football I think will be Tottenham this is because one they're losing Harry Kane to Bayern Munich as they've agreed a hundred million euro price tag for him. They've just got to sort out the personal terms. And secondly, Ange Postecoglou is new to the Premier League. And yeah, it'd just be interesting to see how he adapts his style of play to the Premier League and sticks with the attacking style that he used at Celtic. But I think the signing of Madison was key as they haven't had an, a creative midfielder since, well, Christian Eriksen left. And I think he's going to be that person who just plays the ball through to Son. And even if Kulisewski keeps fit for the whole season, then I feel like Tottenham aren't going to have a bad season as they did last season and maybe Richarlison will come good and get more game time but it's just whether Daniel Levy reinvests this money that he gets for Kane or not if he does I think Tottenham could maybe finish a bit higher than eighth but I think that's where I'm gonna keep them for now purely because they're not in the market for looking to replace Kane yet and haven't been linked with anyone and it'd be such a Daniel Levy thing to do just to not reinvest it back into the squad. So yeah, I think eight for Tottenham for now, but if they get some good signings from now and the end of the transfer window, I could see them maybe getting 
seventh, possibly sixth, sixth, fifth at a push, but then way off the pace to get Champions League football, I think. They need a miracle to get that. Moving on to seventh place, I think Aston Villa will finish here as they have recruited very well this summer transfer window and they'll have a full season under Unai Emery, which I think they're going to benefit a lot from because he was only with them for about half a season and their f- change in form from under him to when Gerard was in charge was crazy. He really brought the best out in them and in pre-season, Lev looked very, very good. Kamara is back fit, who they brought last summer window and he is a very exciting lots of talent and is a very very good holding midfield their midfield is looking very very good but their whole team is looking very good and they're now in European football as well and it'll be interesting to see whether Watkins can keep up the form that he hit last season because last season he was scoring goals for fun and if he does I think Aston Villa will go on to have a very good season. I think seventh is where they should aim for, but it would not surprise me if they finish high. They've got a very, very exciting team, and I could just see them go from strength to strength this season. Moving on to sixth, I feel Newcastle will finish here. Yes, I feel like they're going to drop off a little bit from last season. This is because... They've got to balance Champions League football alongside the league. And I feel like they don't have the squad depth to be able to cope with both. Yes, they've signed some very good players this transfer window. But they've brought only three players. Barnes, Tonali and Livramento. And St. Maximan has left. Chris Wood has left. Matty Longstaff has left. So they are lacking the squad depth to be able to compete on all four fronts because they've got to compete in the League Cup, FA Cup, as well as the Premier League and Champions League. So if for them to be able to do that well on each of those fronts, they're going to have to sacrifice something. And I know maybe it will be the Premier League because, you know, they want to do well in Europe, but I feel like somewhere they're going to pay the price for that. Or... They need to bring some extra bodies in quickly, but that's not how Newcastle have acted this like since the takeover. They've done very good and exciting signings, and I don't see them just going out and spending lots of money for the sake of it. So I see Newcastle finishing this season in sixth. I think Chelsea are going to finish in fifth. This is because... They've reduced their squad depth, getting rid of a lot of players, and they have no European football to distract them, but I don't feel like their team is good enough to get to that Champions League, but I think they're going to do better than what people expect because they're not in Europe at all, so they haven't got to worry about that. I also think Poch will get the best out of the players that they got because they brought very cleverly this transfer window with young players with a lot of potential, and Pochettino is a great man-manager and I think he'll nurture and develop those young kids very well. And because of the no Europe, they're going to be more fresh 
and there's not going to be that second distraction. So I can definitely see Chelsea finishing in the European spots. I think it will be fifth, but I wouldn't be too surprised if they managed to sneak into the Champions League places just because of the fact that they don't have any distractions. But I, I see them for sure finishing at least fifth. But I just think possibly the one thing that really does stop them from getting Champions League football is all their players are so young. They don't have much experience. Take away Thiago Silva and the rest of the squad is quite young. Now then, let's move on to the Champions League spots. I think Liverpool are going to finish fourth. It's going to be very interesting to see how their new look midfield is. But are they actually going to get Romeo Lavia now as Chelsea have now submitted a bid? So it's going to be very interested on that front, but they really do need a holding midfielder. They're sold Fabinho to Saudi clubs. They really do now need to get a holding midfielder in because if not, that midfield does look very unbalanced. I'm quite surprised they didn't go for a right back because then they could have put Trent into midfield because he looked very good when they pushed him on into midfield when they had possession of the ball towards the back end of the season last season. But one good news for Liverpool is Luis Diaz is back and he's looked good in pre-season. So, yeah, I think Liverpool going to do well this season they're going to get back into the Champions League I think they're going to go far in Europa League they've got a too good a team to be competing in that competition I could easily see them winning it but at the same time I could see them getting over complacent doing what Arsenal did last time and playing a second team in it and getting knocked out early on but which if that does happen it's bad because they're now out of a competition, but it could be a blessing in disguise and they can focus on the league and getting back into top four again. So, you know, it's a win-lose situation. In third, I decided to put Manchester United. It was very close between United and Liverpool, but I think United will just edge it. One, because they've signed Onana, and I think he's going to be very key for them over the course of the season. He's very good with his feet which De Gea wasn't, and he's such a good aerial presence in the box. And with another season under Ten Hag, I think United are just going to improve again. They've got a very good back line now with Onana, Varane and Martinez. That's a solid back three, if you want to call it. The signing of Mount, I think, is very interesting because... It's now given Bruno some competition, which he didn't already have. So it could either get the best out of Bruno or not so much. But at the same time, Mount is quite a versatile player. And it'll be very interesting to see how Rasmus Hoyland settles in and develops as a player under Ten Hag. I think in the long run, he'll be very good. And Ten Hag is very good at developing players. We've seen that at Ajax, there's no doubt about it. But it just depends how long it takes Rasmus Hoyland to develop into what people are saying he's capable of. But I think United are going to have a good season. I could see them doing well in the Champions League as well. And yeah, that's about it really for United. I think they're going to have a good season and probably finish third. In second place... 
I have gone with Arsenal. It was it was quite tight between Arsenal and Man City. And I also think the win over City in the Community Shield will give them a lot of confidence that they'd lost eight straight games in a row against Man City. So, yeah, it will give them the confidence to know that they can beat them. But now that they're in the Champions League, they're now going to have to be fighting on two fronts and fighting on two fronts but at a very good standard unlike last season where it was in the Europa League so they could get away with fielding a second team they now need to be able to play their first team twice a week and I don't think they may not be ready for that they could be they could prove me completely wrong but I'm not sure and also the pressure is now on Arsenal to actually win the Premier League and prove because there's been a lot of seasons building up to this last season they came close but now we need to see actual proof that they're getting somewhere I think it will be close and I think Rice is going to be very key for Arsenal over the whole season because he's a great leader and you've seen him when he plays England in a better group of players he becomes better himself so I think Rice moving to Arsenal is not only a good move for Arsenal but a good move for England as well because I can see him developing a lot under Mikel Arteta and he suits the way Arsenal play a lot so yeah I think Arsenal they've got to win something this season and I just don't think they will have enough over the whole course of the season to win the title. I think it's going to be close between them and Man City, but I just don't think they have enough to go the final stretch. And finally, with Arsenal finishing second, that only leaves Manchester City. So I think they're going to win it. I think it's going to be close. Even with Gundogan and Mahrez leaving, I still think they have enough quality. They have brought in Kovacic to replace... Gundogan leaving but they haven't yet replaced Mahrez but they have brought in Josef Gradivol from RB Leipzig it is a bit of a strange signing as Man City already have enough centre-backs but he is an excellent player and he can definitely get into the Man City starting lineup. it just adds more and more competition and there is obviously Arsenal beat Man City in the Community Shield last weekend but what happened last season Liverpool beat Man City 3-1 and then went on to have the not best season and Man City went on to win the treble so you know Haaland kind of went missing that game and then went on to have the absolutely amazing season so I can't don't think you can read too much into the Community Shield I do think Man City will, over the whole course of the season, win because they just have that experience. And also, very key, Kyle Walker has decided to say he's going to put pen to paper and sign a new contract. So that's also very good for them. So yeah, I think Man City will win the title. I don't really think Apart from Arsenal, there's no one else who can really challenge them yet. Manchester United are still developing. Liverpool aren't quite there yet. And yeah, I think Newcastle, they need to get three or four very good signings before they can start being brought into the picture. So yeah, that is 
my Premier League predictions for this season. Up next, we're going to be previewing the games that are happening this weekend. The first game we're going to look at is Arsenal versus Nottingham Forest. I can only see one real winner here, and that is Arsenal. I think they're way too strong for Nottingham Forest, and I I think it's going to be 3-0 to Arsenal. I don't see any way Forest can beat this Arsenal team. They're looking very good at the moment, and I just don't think Forest, it's going to be a big upset if they get any result against Arsenal, let's put it that way. So yeah, 3-0 to Arsenal on that one, I think. Next up, Bournemouth versus West Ham. I think it's going to be a very close game, this one. But I see Bournemouth edging it. I think they're going to play some very exciting football this season. And I think it's going to be 2-1 to Bournemouth. I think both teams are going to score. But yeah, I see Bournemouth winning this one. Brighton versus Luton. I think Brighton are going to be too strong for Luton, but it's going to be very interesting to see how Luton set up, but also play in the Premier League, whether they're going to play defensively or try and do possession or go all-out attack. But I'm going to go 2-0 on Brighton for this game. I think Brighton are going to be too strong for Luton. I just don't see any scenario where Luton get a result. I think it would be an upset if Luton get anything out of this game. Everton versus Fulham. This game has got a draw written all over it for me. I can't see either team scoring. And yeah, it's at Goodson Park. So I think that's what levels this fixture up for me. So yeah, I see this a nil-nil draw. I don't think it's going to be the most exciting game, but it's not a bad start to the season. You both get points on the board and then they can push on from there. Sheffield United versus Crystal Palace. I think it's going to be a closer game than what people think but Palace do have more quality than Sheffield United. I think United are going to really struggle this season. I'm going to go 1-0 to Palace. I don't think Palace have enough to completely three four five goals in this game but I do think Palace have enough quality to beat Sheffield United so I'm going to go 1-0 to Palace like I said. Newcastle United versus Aston Villa I think it's going to be a very good game with both teams trying to play exciting football but I think it's going to be 2-1 to Newcastle United I think the home crowd at Sir James's Park is just going to be what has the difference here in this game I think Newcastle United need to get the points on sooner rather than later because I think they're going to start to struggle a bit when they're starting to play in Europe. So, yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 to Newcastle, but I would not be surprised if Aston Villa got something out of this game either. Chelsea versus Liverpool. I think this is the highlight fixture of the weekend. What a way to start the league. Chelsea versus Liverpool absolutely amazing game I think this is going to be not only because it's two big clubs but I think it's going to be close the lack of Liverpool having a holding midfielder I think is going to be shown and I've actually think Chelsea have the advantage in this game I think also it's at home so it's not so they have that home advantage as well I'm going to go 2-1 Chelsea I know a lot of people will think Liverpool are favourites in this one but I don't know I just see a little bit of an upset happening here
And finally, the game happening on Monday, Man United versus Wolves. I think this is going to be an easy win for United. They're way too strong for this Wolves side who just haven't strengthened and only lost their good players. So I'm going to go 3-0 to United. And yeah, I think it's going to be a nice, easy opening game for United. I don't see in any world Wolves getting anything out of this game. And if they do... Well, that that will be a very, very good result for Wolves and Gary O'Neill, but I just don't see it happening personally. Up next is the five fun facts, and this week it is on Barcelona. Let's just get straight into it with fact number one. Barcelona is the, is the club with the most Ballon d'Or winners, with 12. Fact number two. They are the first team in the world to have an average first team pay of over 10 million euros. Fact number three, they're the only club in Champions League history to successfully overhaul a four goal first leg deficit. It happened around the 16 in the 2016-17 season against PSG, coming from 4-0 down to win the second leg 6-1 with Sergio Roberto scoring the winner in the 95th minute. Fact number four, they are the only club to win six trophies in a calendar year, which were the La Liga, Copa del Rey, Super Copa de España, Champions League, Super Cup and the Club World Cup. And finally, fact number five, they have gone 64 games in a row in La Liga without failing to score a goal, which no other Liga side has managed to do. Well, that is everything for this week's episode. Thank you ever so much for listening. And I'm afraid there won't be an episode in two weeks' time as I'm on holiday, but there'll be one after that. So once again, thank you ever so much for listening. And I'll see you in four weeks' time for the next one.